You're tuning in to Missouri NEA Connects, a podcast to focus on all things Missouri education, from policy to practice, so that each of us can unite, inspire, and lead from where we are. We're happy you're here. So I think it's been about three weeks since we last talked to you, uh, three, four-ish weeks. What has been going on since we last chatted? Last time open enrollment was a big conversation. Where does that stand? There's a big ominous bill that you've been telling us all about in your legislative updates. So kind of just where where are things falling? So the we're just uh, coming back into session after Easter. And uh, the tradition has long been, since before I started working with the legislature, that they take the Monday off after Easter, whenever it falls, so that people can go, go where they need to go and then have a travel day. And so this will start, they'll have a shortened week. This is week 14 out of 18. So that kind of gives you a sense where we're most of the way through the session. And the open enrollment bill was just getting through the House with final approval the week right before they went, almost a month ago, they went on spring break right after that passed. So the uh, bill was heard last week in the Senate Education and Workforce Development Committee. And then they heard it on Tuesday and then voted it out without change on Thursday. So that means it's been turned in on the floor they were, I think they reported it to the floor later that day, which is a very common practice. You have exec on Thursday morning, go into session, get your report turned in before the week's over. So that means it's on the calendar. They could easily, and there's a significant likelihood that the Senate will have some debate on House Bill 253, the open enrollment bill, this week. Okay. We don't know that yet. Uh, this is there's only really going to be two main work days this week because they come in on they're coming in Tuesday for uh, floor debate. Okay. So it's quite possible. For one thing, time is of the essence. That's kind of the word for the week is time, because mm. with with you know slightly less than five weeks to go, they still have n- not passed much of anything other than the supplemental budget, and they have four weeks sorry, three weeks to do the budget after this is done because the Senate, I think we expect the budget to start up next week. And so they're kind of getting towards, you know, less less amount of time for all the things still left to be done. So open enrollment's out there. It's made it through the committee. Didn't see any changes in the committee. So it's still the version sent over from the House. Um, and then... And, and is that Pollitt's? Yeah, that's, so that's okay. Brad Pollitt from Sedalia. He's been the sponsor of a bill like that each of the last three sessions. Each of the last three sessions, his bill on open enrollment has essentially gotten a narrow uh, number of votes just above the 82 votes required to pass. So it doesn't have a lot of wiggle room per se. You know, if the Senate were to change it, in a way that some people didn't like, for example, opening it up to charter schools, uh, it's quite possible that it would make it very hard for it to come back over to the house and pass. Mm -hmm. So 
that's there's gonna you know there's pressures there people who want to make changes and people who would prefer that it not get changed too much um representative black had put on an amendment to limit how many like with it if a district was having kids leave um his amendment says up to three percent each year so you could see a three percent reduction in your enrollment uh ongoingly it had had a provision kind of like that for a couple of years. Now it's a per, essentially a permanent provision. But they took out the one provision that it had to address and kind of put the brakes on if you start to see resegregation or segregation being an impact of this, which is probably our biggest concern. We also have never really figured out how open enrollment would work in Missouri and really respect the rights of special ed kids. So there, And then they there's a couple other things. They put in essentially a provision in the committee on the House side that says if we uh, don't fund the fund, it creates a fund to make whole districts if they have costs for special ed, if they have costs for transporting pupils. It basically says if we don't happen to fund that, you can count those things under the formula, either a, like a weight for special ed or the mileage under the transportation uh, categorical provision. But both of those could be a less than making districts whole for their costs situation. Mm -hmm. And so that's also raises some concerns that it kind of gives them, you know, a say, well, we don't really have to put money into that fund because now we've got that provision. So many of us have expressed concerns that it might have that financial impact as well. So anyway, that bill is likely to come up. I think it would be extraordinarily unlikely to see that bill be taken up and move quickly through the Senate. I mean, it's a pretty high, it's one of the big high profile priorities. I think there's a lot of concern um, amongst members of the Senate on both sides of the aisle. So it's got, it's not even clear it has 18 votes to pass yet. That's a, it's kind of like close and, you know, the details will probably matter by, before it's all said and done. So probably not something that just like comes up this week and is done. It's probably going to be on the people's uh, kind of radar as to whether it gets brought up uh, for multiple weeks. I was going to say you mentioned the omnibus bill. That's House Bill 497. Yeah. And that's sponsored by Ed Lewis, who I believe is mm -hmm. from Macon. And uh, that bill is now about... Let's see. Let me make a rough guess here. It's about a dozen provisions now. Mm -hmm. um, it's. I think it's perceived as being like the relatively non-controversial provisions. There's no open enrollment. There's no ESA slash voucher provisions. Um, probably the most interesting things that are in it, John Black added his House Bill 529 which would significantly impact the basic per pupil amount under the school formula over time. And so it allows that to go up more than it currently can. And so it's anticipated that after a number of years, it would raise other things being equal, the state's cost to fund the formula by up to about $500 million. So it's kind of significant. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would help, um, improve the equity and the adequacy of our formula. So that's one piece that's got some attention. And the other piece is that it has an amendment that was actually Ed Lewis's bill, but offered by Willard Haley, 
that statutorily increases minimum teacher salaries, 38000 for a base salary, 46 ultimately 1000 for teachers with 10 years teaching experience in public school and a master's degree in a related academic field. Mm. So it's kind of bumping up significantly the current uh, salaries. It does have a fund that could be funded for up to three years, but it doesn't really meaningfully shift the formula in a way that is aligned with the districts that really struggle. And it's so it's one thing to ha- say to all districts on the formula worth looking at raising the standard of adequacy, uh, maybe, a, you know, five or 10 percent somewhere in there. It's another thing for the districts that tend to be like low property wealth, rural, small, and not have many kids in the classroom. It's another thing to tell them, oh, now you have to have a salary that's significantly higher for every teacher. So financially, you know, some of those districts haven't even been able to participate in the voluntary thing that was done right. through the budget because they don't have the matching money. Mm-hmm. And so you can't. It, that is a problem you can't really wave a wand and have it go away. You're going to have to address issues about efficiency, issues about district size, and how the formula does or doesn't support very small districts that have diseconomy of scale. Yeah. And there are policy choices to make there. So, And in fact, our resolutions committee is kind of looking at those issues. You know, there's the, the terrible C word, uh, consolidation. Uh, mm-hmm. Our resolutions committee is actually going to do some work over the next year to find out more about how have other states addressed that? You know, what, what are the things to be considered? Because open enrollment, the bill we just talked about beforehand, could easily have an impact to require, you know, it could, it could affect school districts, especially if they're losing students and create yeah. pressures, you know, financial pressures to where they feel like, well, we, we might need to consolidate to become a bigger, more efficient entity, you know, and do you think, par- go ahead. Do you think that's the intention behind that open enrollment or is that an unintended consequence? Well, I, so, you know, we talk a lot. I talk a lot with representative Pollitt. He's the house education chair and I don't have a sense in any of my interactions with him over the years that he has any intention to essentially push for or require consolidation. I was going to mention, if you don't mind, yeah, the, the reemergence of an issue that we, we, I think we've probably talked about this already, and that is tomorrow morning, uh, the House Education Committee is going to hear Senate Bill 4, and that's mm. Andrew Koenig's bill. It started life as the Parents' Bill of Rights and CRT, you know, curriculum ban stuff, and it was passed a while ago. It looks like it was actually passed on February 14th, so it's been the better part of two months. Uh, yeah. It's not a huge surprise that they're, you know, they've, the, the committees have been still hearing a lot of same-chamber bills. Honestly, there's a few bills that have crossed chambers. This being one of them, it's now getting heard. Last week, they heard the Bible bill and general laws. That's uh, Senate Bill 34, Carla May. Uh, So now they're hearing Senate Bill 4. 
this afternoon, they're hearing the other, it's Senate Bill, I believe, 39, Holly thompson Rader. That's the transgender athletics participation moratorium that was passed mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago by the Senate. So they're now kind of, the House committees are now starting to hear these Senate bills. And the perfected version, it was kind of a weird process. It went quicker than I think a lot of people expected. Um, but it has things like, you know, you have to adopt adopt your curricula at least two months prior to the school term. You're always going to have some uncertainty about, you know, you put restrictions like that, just at, at what level, how granular is that? Like if I get something cool, is it illegal for me to use it tomorrow in class? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, that's that's got a lot of concerns. It also uh, has some restrictions about school issued devices. And I think like, you know, if we do anything instructionally that uses like YouTube uh, or very Mm -hmm. other platforms like that, I think an amendment offered by Senator Bratton that's in the bill says you can't do that. So that could, I think be a really disruptive thing to a whole lot of, a whole lot of instructional practice all over the state. So I'm just thinking of my units that I like, right. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. So that, is, that bill has problems. Um, yeah. And that's all, Senate Bill 4. Senate Bill 4. Now, I, I think Cindy O'Loughlin, who is the majority floor leader in the Senate, would prefer not to see that bill back. You know, obviously, you know, it, it, passing a controversial bill like that through the Senate is not an easy thing. Um, so and it did pass with the Senate and it's in the House. At the it's committee. in the House now. Yeah. Not an easy thing. She'd prefer not to have to deal with it a second time. But it seems like there's a pretty good chance that that committee is going to want to move <clears throat> some pieces around in that bill. It also has some school finance stuff that they may or may not feel comfortable passing in, in that particular bill. Um, because it also adds, there was an amendment put on to put enhanced Pupil weight for at uh, the free and reduced uh, lunch eligible population, and mm-hmm. to create a small pupil weight for homeless students. Mm. So both of those have a price tag. So I don't know if you know they want to tweak with that. They also have voted out different language, somewhat smaller language in terms of cost and intrusion as it relates to like the parents bill of rights and the uh, curriculum stuff in the form of bills sponsored by Ben Baker and Phil Christofanelli. Those were heard a few weeks ago, voted out a couple weeks ago. So that's kind of that committee's statement on those issues thus far. And so, you know, would not be Uh, kind of unlikely or unexpected to see them think about taking a bill on that topic, Senate Bill 4, and making it look more like what they've done on that topic. That's very, you know, that's kind of like the normal legislative process. And so, um, you know, desire of the Senate not to see that bill again, notwithstanding, is a good chance that the bill could change. Uh, And of course, if it gets changed and it passes, then it has to come back over to the Senate. They have to either try to take it up and pass it, or the sponsor would need to try to resolve the differences in conf- what they call conference committee. Hmm. Okay. Where again, both co- those both committees come together and they talk about the, the changes and yeah, you have a pa- you have a 
you have a panel that has equal membership from both sides of the building and uh, a mix of, of uh, both parties, Republican and Democrat, within each chamber. So it's usually 10 total people, five from each chamber, three Republicans, two Democrats. And then they have to uh, discuss the uh, differences and figure out, you know, what's, what's the version that resolves those differences that we could live with. And then if that thing passes both chambers, it's kind of like a collective bargaining agreement. Both sides have mm-hmm. to pass the same language, exactly the same language. Okay. So time is of the essence here with uh, five session weeks left, four to do the budget, um, which is going to be started next week. So they'll have three weeks to do the budget once the Senate committee actually gets going through markup. Um, you're just starting to run into, you know, a, a little bit of a time crunch to get things done. Especially, I you said that. There's, there's, you know, several questions. Uh, priority but controversial pieces bouncing around. Another one that we haven't yet mentioned today is the House Joint Resolution 43. That's Mike Henderson. That's passed the House, and it's over uh, on the Senate side. It's been through committee, and it's actually been taken up on the floor, but it hasn't passed. That is a joint resolution that would ask voters, do you want to change how you approve constitutional amendments? Um, And so that one as it came over from the house, it says, we're going to change going forward. It could pass by a simple majority, but after that, any change to the constitution would take at least 60% uh, approval. Mm. So that's pretty controversial. It has kind of has some implications for, you know, uh, the future voters of the state because, you know, the the voters who get to show up at this uh, spot get to change for all time, you know, how future voters would decide on things. And if they ever didn't like this, the rules under which they could change it are different than the one, the rules by which it was enacted. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, the situation is that a number of things that legislators didn't want to do, but the people did have been done by the people through the initiative process. And so this is, well, we don't really like that. So we're going to try to make that harder. Hmm. So that's a, you know, that's a priority piece of the speaker. The open enrollment thing is a priority piece of the speaker. Senate bill four, the parents bill of rights, uh, slash curriculum restrictions. That's a priority of the Senate leadership as is the two measures on transgender issues. There's the one, uh, Senate bill 39, it has to do with sports and student athletes. And the other one has to do with gender affirming care. That's uh, Senate bill 49. Senator Mike Boone, the Senate dealt with those kind of in one big struggle. And so they were passed at roughly the same time after a whole lot of stress and late nights and stuff. So all of these several controversial priority items. They're all still bouncing around. Yeah. They're still moving. Yeah. It's, you know, it's almost certain that some of them will pass, but it's not certain that all of them will pass. And in fact, I think a typical place where things get stopped is in the Senate. If the Democrats just say, okay, we're not going to make it easy for you to pass all of these. And so that's, that's probably as we get, wind these last four, five weeks of session down, 
it's going to be kind of, you know, which of the, which of these high profile things do pass, which of them don't. Okay. I have a lot of thoughts about all of these things. I'm sure you do. And I am processing. (laughs) All of them are equally terrifying. I think about, and my mind just, just goes back to my, there's so many things that I could say about all of them, but my mind in terms of my role as teaching and learning director, I go back to that Senate bill four. Right. Oh my God. Oh yeah. My I, God. I, you know, and I've, you know, even so a couple of weeks ago we had the hearing on Phil Christofanelli's bill and it's real compared to the Senate bill four, it's a really targeted discrete bill in that, you know, the Parents' Bill of Rights stuff has kind of been sorted through the conversations that the committee in the House had last year when they heard a dozen weeks of bills on that topic. And on the curriculum side, it's basically just the language that Shamed Dogan, who's no longer in office, had filed to say what, what, is, what is proscribed is conduct. That is, you don't make a kid say, I affirm that I believe one of these, you know, inappropriate racist things that no one would ever actually ask a kid to say, like, I believe right. black people are better slash worse than white people. Um, right. So it's, it's relatively specific conduct that is prescribed and it's relatively straightforward to understand, you know, where you need to be to be in bounds. But as I, pointed out to the committee, you know, we're in the middle of a long-term struggle to have uh, people go into teaching, to want to become teachers, to, you know, to be hired as teachers, to stay in the classroom. Anything in this space right now is going to have an impact over the next couple of years. Even if it's something that is relatively straightforward to administer, it's still, you know, it, it's another bright, shiny object in this relatively, um, difficult episode where there's a lot of tension and a lot of disagreement being aired and a, and a lot of uh, stuff being directed at teachers, stuff being directed at school boards. It just is a following of that. Uh, I know, you know, that, as I said, it's a high priority of the Senate leadership to pass something. They need to kind of check that box. And yeah. so, you know, I've made sure to tell the committee you know, even the most uh, targeted version of this will have a, an impact in the way that the library bill 775 last year had an impact, mm-hmm. even though the substance of the change to law, which was drafted by essentially our legislative friends in order to try to have the appearance of doing something, the, the fact of passing a bill made it that bright, shiny object. I just... Imagine Otto, the weatherman, but like the, the, you have a forecast behind you that you're pointing at, right? Right. You've got this radar, you've got all these different cells that are happening and you're like, where's the tornado going to touch down? Right. Um, so that's just what I'm imagining you right now. Right, um, right. And um, so when, and this could be, and you're going to probably tell me, it does, we don't know, just like the weather, we don't know. Um, when in the next four or five weeks, whatever we have left, when is the t- moment you can see something moving and you're like, that's going to be it. That's the one that's going to pass. 
So it's probably sometime within the next couple of weeks. But okay. uh, for example, it's going to be very instructive to see what the committees do with those two Senate bills. You know, what does the House Education Committee do with Senate Bill 4? What does general laws yeah. do with Senate Bill 34? If if the committee doesn't do much with Senate Bill 34, it's a pretty tiny target. And okay. probably because the House doesn't do floor subs the way the Senate does. So they can only do amendments. And so if it doesn't get bigger in committee, it's probably not the thing. And then on Senate Bill 4, the more likely thing is that it gets smaller, not bigger. Mm. One would think. Because I think there's going to be a, you know, a concern. It would sure it would be nice to be able to, you know, if it was if it was Senate Bill 34, you'd think you'd expect the House committee to be all over it like they were on the Bible bill last year. But right. given that the Senate doesn't it's not going to be easy to move n- new stuff or change stuff back through the Senate, you know, it's more likely to get smaller than bigger. Um, cuz I do know that people like uh Representative Pollitt, because he chairs the committee and he's kind of tired of the issue because it was a big thing last session too. And Representative Christofanelli, whom we expect will handle Senate Bill 4, I think they really want to get, quote, something done. Um, So, you know, there's going to be an impetus to do something, but it's going to be maybe difficult and maybe not even to their desire to do what is in Senate Bill 4 because of all the many problems we've talked about. So, you know, that bill is more likely to become just a house version of those topics. So then, then where are we? I don't know. Your one word was time. Yeah. Right. Not enough of it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Otto.